Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube as Edgework. You can find us on Twitter at Edgework Show, and you can find the episodes back in podcast form on all podcasting platforms as Edgework as well. And if you're trying to track the picks that we make in real time on the show, or you want to see them after the fact, you want to see them later in the day, or you just want to see how we've been doing so far in the season, make sure to go to the BetStamp app. You can download it on iOS or on Android. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework. We are up on the season so far, guys. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, picking off the Western Conference and specifically Matt's uh, LA Kings bets, but no LA Kings games today. So what are we going to do, Matt? I was going to ask you, Zach, is there a way to filter down to just hockey night in LA every Tuesday night <laughs> to see how we've been doing on uh, on just those? But no, it was a little early edition of hockey night in LA last night. So hopefully everybody was on the Kings for a relatively easy victory. A lot of easy victories in uh, the NHL last night. A lot of easy victories in sports last night as uh, the NHL mirroring Georgia TCU with uh, what three shutouts and uh, and a pretty convincing Kings victory. So yeah, I'm lost, man. I don't know what I'm gonna do for Tuesday if I don't have the Kings to rely on to uh, you know to, to at least have a pick. Whether they win or lose is a completely different story. Also, I just see this comment here. You guys weren't on the show when this had happened. It was last Thursday. Don Schultz comes in from the clouds and tells Alex uh, Alex B Smith and I Soros might steal this game tonight against the Canes. Well, if you recall, that was the night UC Soros set the uh, record uh, or had the record-breaking game against the Carolina Hurricanes and then came back on Friday and told us, like, hey, hopefully everyone <laughs> had that Soros bet in last night. Uh, so Don's on the uh, the Soros train here again. But, I mean, we're, when we're looking at this Western Conference and you're talking about some of these teams, like, you are looking at a Nashville who's starting to make a surge here, kind of pushing up their uh, their. One point back, the Edmonton Oilers. Two points back of the Flames. The Avalanche are a point behind the Preds here. They're only two points out of a playoff spot behind the Oilers. They're just getting McKinnon back. Uh, Alex, what do you make of the Western Conference playoffs, at, like playoff picture as it stands right now? Because you're looking at some of these teams that you'd probably expect a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to be firmly in a playoff spot. They're not. They're kind of hanging around on the outside as of right now. And they're looking at teams behind them who, hey, maybe a team like a Nashville, a St. Louis, they're not the greatest teams. You'd think maybe they're going to start to fall off based on how their seasons have gone. But now they're starting to push up and make a make a bit of a chase on you. And now Colorado, a team you probably thought would be ahead, they fall back because of injuries. They're getting some guys back and they're starting to close. Like If you're a team like Edmonton, how big of a panic are you in right now? Massive. I'm in a massive panic if I'm an Edmonton fan, uh, if I'm in that organization, one of their players, whatever, because like realistically, this team has been pretty much below average by every metric this season, right? It's not like, I mean, you, you have the runaway heart trophy contender right now in McDavid and like they just can't separate themselves whatsoever from the middle of the pack. Like they've been below average this season, expected goal share. Um, nothing's changed over the last month. You know, they're still right around that average mark um, in line with their season-long metrics. We all point to goaltending, and that's fine. But, like, if you actually dive into it, they're 15th in 5-on-5 save percentage this season. So it's not what's actually sunk them. I think the fact that they're just an average team is what is sinking them. Uh, and, you know, now, like, 
the only games they seem to win are the ones where I bet against them. So, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're an Oilers fan, you should be sending me money to, to bet on against them every night. And then I think they're going to run away with this and maybe even win the division. But um, yeah, like they're in a wild card spot right now as we're talking, but like, they're just a point up on Nashville two up on Colorado. The Preds have three games in hand. The Avs have four games yeah. in hand. We know the Avs are going to make it in. Uh, obviously the Oilers have a game breaker or a couple of game breakers and, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, but like, the Preds have that goaltending aspect that can, you know, potentially help them get into the uh, into the playoffs over a team like Edmonton. But realistically, Colorado's taking that last wild card spot, or they're you know moving into the top three division, whatever. So the Oilers are basically going to have to either catch the Flames or catch the Kraken. They're not going to catch the fr- Flames if you know if if we're looking at any metrics you want to look at. Like, there's just no way that's happening. The Kraken have built quite a lead over them like it would it would yeah you're you're hackstall you're hackstall there you go he's uh he's right there right now um i, I don't see how they catch the kraken they're i think five points back um i think they yeah. played three more games or something like that so like this is this is like desperate times for edmonton and they need something to change quickly i don't know what that is you're not going to change goaltending middle of the season they don't have cap flexibility to do much there so, yeah, I mean, if I'm an Oilers fan right now, I'm, I'm really concerned. And just like from a neutral perspective, I think that they are absolutely missing out on the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, this it's fun for me to watch Edmonton as it is right now, especially as they continue to pick up former Leafs and in the summer, the conversation, just as a Leafs fan, at least. This is complete biased on it, but it's fun to watch McDavid put up 77 points through 42 games. This guy is going to go and have an insane season. He's going to be the front runner for basically every single award that there is, and your team can barely make the playoffs. So uh, just having to have dealt with at Oilers fans and on some one of the other shows that I do, with uh, Oilers fans coming into the comments telling us how bad we are and then to watch this go on and you're just picking off former Leafs so there you go that's uh Leafs fans Leafs fans you know misery loves company right so they get exactly uh, this is their this is their annual like December January victory lap and then yeah I want to see McDavid score 250 points (laughs) and this team miss the playoffs that's what I want to see that that would make me that nothing would make me happier than that and then in the summer we'll start up the well McDavid's unhappy so where would he want to go well he'd want to go back home obviously and that'll be the conversation (laughs) um uh, Todd, when you're looking at this uh, Western Conference as it stands right now, though, is there any team that you'd kind of look at that's lower down? I mean, obviously, we're talking about Colorado that could likely jump in there. But is there another team, maybe a St. Louis and Nashville that might catch your eye and say like, hey, that team could also jump in there? Um, it would be Nashville. I guess I don't really like St. Louis and with the injuries and they're going to sell at the deadline. I just think they're kind of like a dead team walking. It'd be Nashville for sure. Like over since December 1st, UC Saros leads the league and goal save above expected and uh, game score average for goaltending. And we've seen him like he did this. I'm pretty sure last year he started like, like mediocre for his standards the first few months. And then from January on, he was like the best goal in the league. And it kind of looks like that's what he's going to be doing again. Yeah. And we got Casey Pearson in the chat here saying, don't mind me just quickly betting Oilers to miss playoffs. I think that that was something that was given out on one of the shows uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, was Oilers missing in playoffs. There was like plus money at the time when, when it was uh, given out. But Did yeah, you track I, that one? Like you didn't track my Canes <laughs> to win the Metro bet? Or? <laughs> that, Canes, that Canes bet is in there. That Canes bet is in there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I can vouch. I was on that show. I remember you giving that out. <laughs> Um, let's get into best bets for today. We can start with, uh, we'll actually start with the, uh, that 
Dallas New York Islanders, a team that is pushing up to make the playoffs as of right now, and a team that I wouldn't really expected to be in a spot was the New York Islanders. The Islanders currently are tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins in points. They are behind in points percentage as they have played more games, but they are sitting right there. Four points ahead of the Buffalo Sabres right now, who the Sabres is a team that I find interesting to keep an eye on as uh, as they continue to just be a fun team to watch night in, night out, and uh, like eight and two in their last 10, they continue to push, but this Islanders team starting to find ways to get some points, win some games. They are creeping up on a playoff spot there, but they are going up against Dallas tonight, who's first in the Central, second in the Western Conference in general, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, right now, Matt, how are you kind of looking at this Islanders team in this matchup against Dallas? Yeah, what's the best price you can get me here, Zach? Let's fire up the old app here because my cutoff was around plus 105 for the sort of home underdog here. Uh, listen, if he can get anything with a plus in front of it, I'd probably take it at this point. The Islanders are that team. Remember last year, everybody was really disappointed in the Islanders after their run the previous year. Uh, and they had that they had the the uh, arena issue right where they didn't get to play at home basically at the start of the season they're 12 and 6 this year at home and pretty mediocre you know right around 500 on the road this year so you know obviously they have a home ice advantage whether it was the old barn or the new one and obviously they got a little off the rails last year and now you know with a more sort of stabilized schedule here you can start to see they're actually playing a normal schedule they're better at home a lot of you know quote-unquote mediocre teams are better at home that's just kind of how it works and uh from a number standpoint i think they should be you know slight favorites again you know maybe a little bit more of a coin flip in this game so if you can get a plus 105 that's certainly like my goal for the day basically is to try <laughs> to get the islanders plus 105 especially as long as sorokin is starting but honestly i don't think it really matters that much um because you know honestly the Islanders playing really good hockey you know a couple losses in a row here um in the last little bit but you know five four and one in their last 10 doesn't look like they're all that great but honestly their goal differential is right alongside with some of these other, you know, awesome teams, if you will, right? I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes are plus 19 from a goal differential standpoint, and the Islanders are plus 15. So uh, I think the Islanders are a little underrated in the market here. So give me them anything with a plus in front of it tonight against the Stars. Yeah, like you look at the last month too, just because I I was looking closely at the Islanders, and they're like basically identical teams in expected goal share over the last month, right? Yeah. But what's, you know, they, uh, obviously early on, the Islanders weren't as good. So the season-long numbers maybe aren't quite up to snuff with with the Stars. Yeah. But Sorokin had to steal them games early on. Obviously, now that hasn't been the case. But, like, you look at, you know, over the last month, obviously, so they're pretty much identical. And the thing that the Stars have the edge on in so many games is that goaltending advantage. But, you you know, you talk about Sorokin, and it's like, hey, well, that's kind of mitigated here. So, you know, you're looking at two identical teams, two great goalies, you're getting the plus money on the home team. It makes sense. Yeah, and when you move into a new, uh, a new barn, if you will, uh, you know, it doesn't really <laughs> feel like home yet, right? And so last season, especially when you were up against it from a, you know, home road split standpoint at the start of the year, then you get this new new arena and you're like, yeah, you know, I still don't even really know where the washrooms are. And now they actually maybe, you know, potentially feels like home. And so, you know, I think that's reflected in the record here, uh, home versus away. Uh, so, like I said, getting a little bit of value here with the Islanders. So, uh, full bore when it comes to New York tonight. 
All right. Uh, I just was th- thought of that cheesy Philip Phillips song lyric line. And he says, a house is not a home. You got to make this place your own. That's what the <laughs> Islanders have to do. They got to work there it in, go. get, make yeah. it uh, make it their own at this point. But we got another game here where we have a double best bet. And we had just talked about the Western Conference. So Todd, I'll start with you, what you're seeing in this Colorado, Florida game. Uh, right now, Florida looks like they're pretty much going to be out of the playoff picture and if anything they're going to be helping Moretto get closer and closer to stacking up and grabbing Bedard and Fantilli back to back and that that would be my worst nightmare if I'm going to have to get it's going to be I know I'm going to get a call from Moretto when that happens and it's going to be Several. Bedard and Fantilli jerseys and they're not going to be ordered to Moretto's house they're going to be ordered to mine and they're going to be on Habs jerseys but um that Florida team is dropping out uh, further and further from the picture as we speak. And Colorado, on the other hand, is starting to surge a little bit here. 5-4-1 in their last 10. They are two points out of the playoff spot. They're one point back uh, one point back of Nashville. They did get McKinnon back here, so they're starting to roll. Uh, you and Alex both have best bets in this game. What are you seeing with the, uh, with the Avalanche here tonight? Uh, yeah, I like the Avalanche on the money line. I believe you can get them uh, minus 130 range right now. Um, Florida's not playing well at all. Uh, earlier in the year, there were a team that was kind of controlling the play at five versus five, and they just weren't getting results because the goaltending sucked. Now they're just not playing well at five versus five or getting goaltending. <laughs> uh, the last 10 games, they're 23rd in high danger chance share. Um, they're bottom five in high danger chances against. Uh, Colorado, their numbers in terms of generating chances aren't crazy high this year, obviously, because they've dealt with so many injuries, but they got McKinnon back. Evan Rodriguez is back. Uh, and he's been a really good player for them as well. Um, I think Colorado is um, getting closer to being the team that we all expected them to be now that they're getting a little bit healthier. Um, they just kind of rolled the Oilers uh, last time they dominated the run of play. I kind of think they're going to do that today against Florida. And with Florida giving up so many chances, they're going to need goaltending. And I don't think Bobrovsky in his 895 save percentage is going to be the guy to give them that. Uh, so I like the avalanche on the money line in this game. All right, and Alex, you're uh, in agreement there on uh, on the Avs on that one, just hand yeah. in hand on that. All right. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much nailed that. But like the, the other thing for me too is is uh, Todd covered everything. But like, man, Paul Maurice is a disaster. Like we knew this when they hired him, and we, you know, I, I tweeted this out. I think I went on a little bit of a rant about Paul Maurice. Like his teams have been so bad for so long, they're just like bullied at five on five, and now we're seeing, you know, after like after the decent start at five on five for uh the panthers marisa's systems are really starting to get into play now and they have tailed off completely because of it so um i think you kind of got to throw your priors out a little bit with this panthers team and i don't think that's the case right now fully in the market so yeah i mean this is like a full fade of florida the rest of the way i hope they don't win another game and i hope they uh, i hope they get the first overall pick <laughs> and one, one, one more thing i didn't mention is uh florida has spent the most team most time in the league killing penalties this year and Colorado is notoriously dominant on the power play. So if the Panthers are just going to parade to the box, like that's not going to end well for them at all. Yeah, I think yeah that's a, not sorry, ideal. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> I, I think this is a really interesting, this is probably the most interesting game of the night because this Florida team is, you know, has there's a lot of layers to it. And so this can't be, you know, Alex made a great point. Like you kind of have to throw your priors out because if the, you know, if you built your priors into this, you know, I think there actually is a little value on Florida, but all those act, all those actual hockey points that the guys are making have to sort of supersede this sometimes, right? That's why, 
you know, it isn't just always done via a spreadsheet, right? And if you're making, you know, what, three, four, five really good points against Florida. And Colorado is one of, I think, three teams right now that, you know, we talk a lot about, or at least I talk a lot about, uh, how the market reacts when a player is missing, right? When Nate McKinnon goes out, we had, what, Aaron Eckblad earlier on the season. Like, when those guys are out, and, a, you know, obviously a bunch of sample size, a bunch of games go by, what happens when those guys come back, right? Because your metrics are now, you know, Colorado a little bit because, what, McKinnon was at 11 games, something along those mm. lines. But, you know, Carolina, maybe, a, you know, not as much, but, you know, Pacioretty obviously adding something to that team. And then now and the Washington Capitals, right, <laughs> getting, getting two pretty key players back. And so in a reverse, how are we adding win probability in the marketplace with those guys being back? Like, especially using the Capitals as an example, who have this whole season long um, resume, if you will, without Tom Wilson and without Backstrom. And like now those guys, you know, come back and you go, okay, well, how do we, how do we change what our projection is in the market, uh, you know, pricing wise? And, you know, Colorado has that a little bit. They weren't particularly great before McKinnon got hurt. So, you know, I'm sort of looking at them as kind of this really dead even at even strength team. Obviously, the power play, as Todd mentioned, is ridiculous. And that's a good point about Florida spending so much time shorthanded. You know, you spend a lot of time shorthanded against Colorado. They're eventually going to score on you. And it's probably not going to take all that long. And so I look at it and I go like, yeah, I'm supposed to bet Florida in this situation. But that's when you go and you go, okay, well, I probably am underrating or I should I the spreadsheet is sort of underrating Colorado because they've had so much time built up without McKinnon and so much so much of their metrics are built up without McKinnon but also all of the stuff that these that these guys mentioned right and so I just this is one where I just have to sit out doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily bet on Colorado here it's more just like trial and error to see okay how much do I have to add to Colorado because they're getting closer to full strength right is it three percent is it five percent is it seven percent something along those lines which is crazy too, considering the movement that we saw earlier on. Like we we got on one of the shows and we were talking about how there was a ten to eleven to fifteen percent changes in yeah. the lines when he was or was not in. And now you're talking about kind of figuring out where to slot back in with him coming back and some of these other guys. So yeah. it, it is it is interesting to watch and see how that plays out. But um, Matt, another game here. We're gonna fade Paul Maurice's former team with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what are you seeing tonight that's making you kind of interested in t- in uh, backing Detroit against Winnipeg? Yeah, honestly, purely a numbers play. And I think I have a pretty good understanding of the Jets. I've been on the Jets when it wasn't particularly popular this season, mostly when they were at home. Now, obviously, they go on the road against Detroit. You're getting what we get. Plus uh, 120 into the 120s now for, uh, for Detroit. Uh, just to check quickly check what my cutoff was yeah my cutoff was like plus 112 so anything better than that and i was in on it uh now you're getting into the plus one yeah what are we saying 119 122 oh baby yeah uh if we get a, if, I, if i get a plus 122 on the red wings i'd definitely be into that um you know again just strictly a numbers play that again i think i have a pretty good rating on these teams um and and honestly when i when i want to bet on the jets or when i you know show value on the jets as often as i do and it goes pretty well. And then it flips where all of a sudden I should be fading the Jets. Like to me, that's actually a pretty good sign that there has been sort of a market perception shift. And that's, you know, where I sort of go, okay, when and how are we going to fade them? Maybe not against the Canucks <laughs> the other night. Um, the Red Wings, you know, you know, with the Jets on the road in Detroit uh, is more of an opportunity, I think, to get a little value here on the home team. 
Look at uh, look at the the forward talent on this Jets roster and the Connor Hellebuck effect, and uh, think about what Paul Maurice did with this team in the last few years. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Paul Maurice. <laughs> well, here's the thing: Paul Maurice right now, thirty-three to one to win Coach of the Year. Dave Haxtell still twenty to one to win Coach of the Year. One of these two things, right, does not go with the other. You know, the see what uh, Kraken play tonight. I don't necessarily have anything on the Kraken. Does anybody else does? Honestly, I'd be closer to betting Buffalo than I would be the Kraken. But the Kraken are out absolutely housing people. And I know, Zach, you've got the clip ready of me talking about the uh, Canadian swing that they were going to do. Go ahead and fire that clip off. <laughs> no, no, you don't know that? Okay, fair enough. We didn't talk about this beforehand. But yeah, I mean, they literally just walked through Canada and trounced everybody in sight. So you can yeah. still get your, your guy, my guy, uh, Hackstall, for 20 to 1 to win the coach of the year. Eventually, we're going to all realize that what he's done in Seattle is the most impressive coaching job this season, uh, with all due respect to some of the front runners. Maurice might be a threat to my uh, Boudreaux first coach fired. <laughs> if you come into some money and buy the Florida Panthers, that's that would be our first indication. Because... Well, no, yeah. then I'll give him an extension, yeah. at least until the end of the, you know, make sure he's in there for the end of the year. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah, you, you get those new guys in there and they close out the year and it's it's good, mor- uh, good morale, good vibes. All of a sudden the team's like winning some games. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be in a playoff spot, but they're all of a sudden winning some games. And Morato's just standing there like old man <laughs> yelling at Cloud. <laughs> imagine, imagine the Habs get a top five pick for Ben Chirot, though. That's, that's the dream. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Big yikes. I was I was all <laughs> over that when I thought Florida was going to be good. And now that Florida's not good, that trade looks even worse. They must yeah. not have. They must not have known they were going to hire uh, Paul Maurice when they decided not to. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Moretta, what are you seeing tonight between these two teams that are uh, going to be in competition with your Montreal Canadiens for that pick for Connor Bedard and uh, Adam Fantilli? I guess at this point, because as we know, you're going to double up and get one and two. But San Jose, Arizona facing off. Uh, no guarantee on who's going to be in net uh, as of right now for San Jose. Neither of these teams are that great. They're both kind of in the in the battle for the Bedard sweepstakes. And uh, you're backing the Sharks here tonight. Why is that? Yeah. Um, first, I just want to get into this little stat here that is very arbitrary. It has nothing to do with the actual game. But Coyotes have played 39 games this season. I just found this so weird when I was going through their schedule. They played 39 games this season, 25 of them versus the Eastern Conference, and only 14 versus the West, which is incredibly strange. Um, they're 11-12-2 against the East. Pretty respectable considering the East has dominated the West this season and 2-9-3 and against the West. So uh, has not gone that well for them. What does that have to do with tonight's game? Absolutely nothing. But uh, <laughs> if you look at the last month... Um, from December, you know, December 10th or so to January 9th, the Sharks are 3-5-3. and three. Not great. Um, worse than the Coyotes record, 5-8-1. and one. But over that same span, the Sharks are fifth in the NHL and expected goal share of 5-on-5. Five five. So, like, they're playing very good hockey. Goaltending has just absolutely sewered them. Um, they're dead last in 5-on-5 five five save percentage by a decent margin. So you're just essentially hoping for a little bit of positive regression at one point. It should come. Obviously, there was an injury to Reimer there uh, at one point, which also hurt that. But he's back, not playing great. Definitely playing a lot better than Kakinen. So you kind of want to hope and pray that Reimer starts here. But, yeah, I just think that, you know, this is just a significantly better team despite their record that's just sort of been tanked by goaltending. You have to hope that we get a little positive regression soon. Hopefully that comes tonight against a Coyotes team that does not have much offensive firepower. Um, I just think we're getting a little bit of a discount. And most importantly, hopefully this is a three-point game. 
We need uh, we need an overtime or shootout here. Get the uh, get the Coyotes and the and the Sharks some points here to start capturing <laughs> Montreal. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> and, what, a de- uh, what a depressing scoreboard watch. Mer- oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, know. I, I have yeah. a bet on the Sharks, and I'm like cheering for overtime. I'm like, come on, tie it up, <laughs> tie it up, Arizona. <laughs> Saddest, earliest scoreboard watch in the history yeah. of hockey fandom. Yeah. And uh, Dalton Schultz here asking about Calgary-St. Louis. Todd, you're looking at that game uh, between these two teams. Calgary right now holding the first wildcard spot. They are, as we've talked about, one point up on Edmonton. They are 6-2-2 in their last 10. Uh, They've been uh, starting to kind of click a little bit more, figure some things out. And uh, St. Louis, on the other hand, as kind of I had even asked you earlier on, they're not yet out of this one, as weird as it is, and even dealing with some of these injuries. But... um, they are tied with the Avalanche in points. They have played three more games than the Avs to this point. But uh, w- what do you like in this Calgary-St. Louis game tonight? Uh, I really like the Flames in regulation. Um, earlier in the year, the Flames were out shooting teams consistently. But in terms of high danger chances, it was kind of split. Like they were going for a more uh, quantity over quality approach. Whereas lately, that's changed. Um, the last 10 games, the Flames are seventh in high danger chance share at five or five. Um, they've been very good at generating them and preventing them. Uh, the Blues over the last 10 games are second to last in terms of generating high danger chances. And now, as we talked about uh, last week as well, Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Kruger out. So like that's not going to help them offensively at all. So if they were struggling to generate chances with those guys, I think they're really going to have a tough time against this Flames team without them. Um, and also Bennington, assuming he starts, he's turned into a little bit of a pumpkin lately. Uh, the last month and <laughs> the last month and a half among regular goalies, he's bottom five in average game score. Uh, he's not playing well right now. I just think the Flames are going to control this game at five or five rather easily, and uh, I think that's going to end in a regulation win. And and all that sounds logical when it comes to the Blues, but then we look up and with the four games since those guys Tarasenko and O'Reilly went out, you know, we talked last week against Toronto. They're like, yeah, Toronto minus one and a half, Toronto in regulation. We're all like lining up to fade the Blues. Well, it's six goals against Toronto, five goals against New Jersey, four goals against Montreal, three in a shutout against the Wild, right? They've won three out of the four games. And the three games that they've won were against the theoretical good teams. And the one game they lost was against the theoretical bad team. So all that is to say, I don't know what to make of the St. Louis Blues at this point. Like, I would love to be on Calgary. I would love to say that there's value on St. Louis. But these are the sorts of results that we get ourselves wrapped up into and get ourselves in trouble with when it's when, you know, I'm trying to evaluate what the Blues are without Tarasenko and O'Reilly. And it's like, maybe better somehow, at least, you know, up until the point where they played Montreal and they just weren't good that night. Like, I'm just don't want anything to do with Blues games for now, from now until, I mean, honestly, maybe the rest of the season at this point. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this team. I think the uh, team total over on the Flames is a good look here, too, because they generate okay. a ton of offense, um, even, you know, over the last month, over the course of the season. Like, they have been, they've been, you know, high danger chances are way up there. Expected goals, five on five, are way up there. Blues, you know, goaltending, like Todd said, has gone completely into the shitter. Um, I think that uh, a team total over for the – I kind of want it to be on an over in the game itself, but, like, you just – I mean, you said the Blues are scoring goals, you know, whether that's the Ilya Samsonov effect or whether that's um, the fact that, you know, they're just finding ways to convert their chances. I don't know, but uh, they, um, 
I just can't trust them to get there to do their part. So I'd rather be on a, a Flames team total here than the over itself in the game. Yeah, it's one thing if they're winning these games because they're playing sort of more disciplined hockey and, you know, kind of mm. grinding it out. But the fact that they're scoring goals yeah, without these guys, that's the thing that's like throwing me for a loop here where I just don't really want to be involved in trying to figure out what the Blues are up to. If I haven't really up... understood what they've been up to all season, <laughs> I just, so why start now? I just took a quick peek. The last four games, they're 31st in high danger chances, but they're shooting almost 18%. So I'm fine just fading that because I'm... yeah i mean that's <laughs> yeah. that's fluky but it, you know yeah. i mean the whole season's fluky you know i mean they, they were sort of flukily bad at you know for what a couple of months there at the start of the year so honestly just statistical regression honestly with some of this stuff where you just go look okay, if, if joel armia can score two goals against you then i mean calgary might be able to score 10 so <laughs> give me give me that over three and a half maybe some alt overs if you can uh, if you can find them all right, so real quick to recap so far what we have before we get into Toddy Props and close out the show here. Uh, so far, locked in on the Edgework Bet Stamp account where you can find us in the Find Better section. For tonight, we've got the Red Wings, plus 120. The Islanders, plus 106 there. Calgary, team total in the game, over 3.5. Calgary in regulation. San Jose, money line and the Avalanche money line so far. And as you can see there, up 24.7 units so far on the year, 6% ROI. So not too bad if you've been following along on the Edgework account. But Todd, it is your time to shine. It is everyone's favorite part of the Tuesday show, Toddy Props. Let's hear what you got for us today. All right. I, I don't actually have as many plays as you would think and say how many games there are, but I do have five. So. Uh, first one is Nikita Kucherov over three and a half shots. Uh, Blue Jackets have given up shots in bulk all season. They've continued to do that lately. Uh, they take their fair share of penalties. The Lightning are top five and uh, power plays drawn, so that's a bad recipe. Um, Kucherov is uh, top seven in shot attempts over the last ten games. He's been shooting a lot. Great matchup. I like him a lot. Uh, then I have Dylan Larkin over two and a half shots, minus one twenty. I got. Um, although he's been a little cold of late, uh, the Jets are one of the worst teams in the league at suppressing shots to Centerman. Uh, only seven or eight teams, sorry, have given up more on a per game basis. Larkin has also nuked the Jets pretty much every time he's faced them, including last year. Uh, he faced them twice and he had eight and five shots. Um, it's like a good stylistic matchup against a skating team like the Jets. Uh, Miro Heiskinen over two and a half shots. I got that plus money. Uh, he's fourth in the league among defensemen in attempts the last 10 games. He's hitting eight of them. Uh, the Islanders give up a fair amount of shots, especially the defensemen, the bottom 10 in the league, in suppressing shots against the position. So I like them as well, or uh, Heiskanen as well. Then I have Mikhail Backlund, over two and a half shots. That line just came out. I got minus 110. Uh, he leads the Flames in attempts and shots on goal the last 10 games. He's hitting... Like he's outpacing Kadri, whose line is always three and a half, and Backlund's at two and a half. Um, also, the Blues are another team that gives up a lot of shots to center. Uh, so I like Backlund there. And last but not least, I have Timo Meyer over four and a half. I play him pretty much any game, unless it's against like Carolina, New Jersey, Seattle, one of those teams that doesn't give up shots. He just attempts so many. Uh, he's a focal point on the power play, he's a focal point at even strength. And uh, the Coyotes give up a lot of shots, obviously. Uh, so I like him as well. Yeah, and uh, on Friday, Todd popped into the chat on the Friday live show and told us 
Timo Meyer over four and a half shots on goal was his uh, best bet for the night. And Timo Meyer put up 10 shots on goal and scored two goals in that game. So there, there you had it. Todd came in with the over four and a half and we gave out any time goal scorer Timo Meyer for that night. So those are ours. Are there any remaining best bets for anyone that hasn't been discussed for today? I, I'm super close on the wild. Uh, if, I don't know if you fire up the app here, if there's anything better than plus 128. Uh, available on the wild. I think the best that I saw in my perusing there this morning was 126 uh, on Minnesota. So I'm pretty, yeah, I mean, we're, oh, there's a little 130 over at the Superbook. I uh, don't think I'm hopping on a plane for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as, you know, as much as I like the wild, you know, let's not get crazy here. Uh, yeah, so I'm close on the wild. Uh, the other one, and just sort of worth noting because Alex is, you know, keeping his eye on the uh, scoreboard here, the Columbus Blue Jackets are so bad that we got like what minus 400 on Tampa tonight. And my numbers are actually okay with a bet on the Tampa Bay lightning at a minus 400 price, which I think is why it's gone up to like minus 420 minus four, but there's some four forty fives out there. That's too high. <laughs> but like in the opener last night at, it was, you know, it opened uh, at pinnacle at minus three ninety six, or at least that's when, that's when I wrote it down. And my numbers are like, yeah, that's a viable bet. Now, personally, I'm never, ever, ever betting a minus 400 uh, money line, but it's just worth noting that in actuality, Columbus is that bad that even the numbers suggest that that's a fair bet to make, even though I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, and Elvis is starting too. I saw that was confirmed, and he's dead last in the league and goal saved above expected, so... He's been horrible. Yeah, and that's like, honestly so worth bad. shooting it up to 450 just to, on uh, on that news alone. But yeah, they're 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 a real threat to finish below the Habs. I think that's pretty much set in stone yeah. at this point. The Blue Jackets sad. are on the do not bet list, and minus 400 is on the do not bet list. So yeah. those two things cancel each other out. So you can not pay attention to that game if you'd like. Oh, we lost Zach. Um, Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we're uh, I think we're done here, anyways. So that's um, a pretty good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a sign off. All right, Edgework. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> see you guys. Thanks, guys. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, guys.